You're listening to the Stoic Solutions Podcast, practical wisdom for everyday life inspired by the ancient tradition of Stoic philosophy from Greece and Rome. I'm your host, Justin Vakula. Visit my website at stoicsolutionspodcast.com. This is episode 94, Thomas Sheedy with Atheists for Liberty. Thomas is the president and founder of Atheists for Liberty, a 501c3 nonprofit educational organization. Atheists for Liberty's principles include individual liberty, religious freedom, a free exchange of ideas, the Constitution, and secular government. Unlike other atheist groups, Atheists for Liberty openly welcomes libertarians, conservatives, and centrists, largely ignored and often stigmatized. Atheists for Liberty is also explicitly against social justice and wokeness championed by many on the political left. I invited Thomas to join me to continue the discussion about injustice from episode 92 with David Silverman, and episode 89 with Peter Bogosian. Thomas, Peter, and David show a high degree of courage, speaking out against popular opinion, and all warn us, as Stoic authors do, about the dangers of crowds and unexamined popular ideas. We recorded our conversation at the end of May 2020. Since then, I've become the public relations manager of Atheists for Liberty, and I'm happy to support their cause. On with today's episode. And we're here to talk about your new group that you launched, Atheists for Liberty. Yeah, so Atheists for Liberty is a 501c3 educational nonprofit organization dedicated to sustaining individual rights and fighting for a separation between religion and government. We, we recently formed a few months ago, and we had a public debut at a national conference. And uh, despite what's happening with a certain virus, despite the, um, the setbacks that numerous industries, nonprofits, advocacy groups have faced, we're still moving forward. You were planning on attending other events and other conferences, but unfortunately, the current pandemic has put a hold on all of that. Yeah, it's 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 a real shame. We had a whole conference lineup as to uh, how we were going to engage more people and gain more members and really spread the word out about our message. And that all stopped due to the lockdowns, uh, due to numerous uh, venues just canceling on people, national conferences that have been going on for some of these events going on for years and years and years without a single cancellation, but um, we're trying to manage and, and, and cope in these circumstances. And I think we're doing it quite well. Right. Making the best of it. We can't control what's going with the pandemic, but we're certainly working to adjust to it. Trying our best. Right. And some work from home. So you've been busy with some reaching out, some organization of the new group. There's not much else you can do when you're really confined to, you know, an environment such as your home for such a long period of time. Um, I, I've started to learn, especially over the past year or two, that, you know, a lot of people, they just waste their time moping around, watching movies, playing games, um, not really using their time for productive use. And I've started to learn that, you know, life is short. And when you are trying to work on building up a cause in a very quick amount of time, um, especially when, you know, you, you're running a business and that business is new, you know, there's not much time to sit around and do nothing. So even in a pandemic, even when industries are closed, conferences are down, you can't go outside. Being confined to my own bedroom here, I am doing my best to, to try to spread the message and grow the organization uh, from the interior, I guess. Surprisingly, we're, we're doing okay. And why start your group rather than working with another group? So that's a very interesting question. Um, part of me actually wishes that Atheists for Liberty was never formed. I was heavily involved 
in the organized atheist movement for the past several years, involved with national organizations, state organizations, state coalitions, local organizations. I've been quite a fan of the international efforts as well. I got my start in the student portion of the movement too, with the Secular Student Alliance. Just over the years, we saw the atheist movement really fracture from within. Um, we had a very good lineup of people who were really bringing truth, you know, bringing up the truth about organized religion and, and faith and, um, and, and how it could be critiqued in a modern society and, and how separation of religion and government has to be protected in the United States and around the world. And around the mid 20s, around the early to mid 2010s, you had a bunch of radical activists, radical feminist, social justice, woke activists come into various different organizations and communities within the movement. And uh, stating that we, you know, there were havens of bigotry around that we were spewing hate, um, that new atheism was just, you know, a bunch of uh, disgusting buzzwords for Islamophobia, racism, and misogyny. And we saw a movement that was fairly forward-thinking, forward-leaning. We had, a, you know, the movement actually had mostly people considered themselves to be liberal and progressive at the time, with respect to some of the good work that some of these organizations still do. In, the, in what remains of the atheist movement, maybe the ghost of its former self, if you want to say that, they're not talking about around 50% of the issues that the new atheists brought up when this movement really got popular. Um, it was political infighting and woke culture that really killed the promise of the new atheism. And because of that, much there, there was a lot of work that still needed to be done and none of these organizations were really working on that. And so it was very important to, to keep the work going. So that's one of the reasons why we started Atheist for Liberty. Um, it, it's, a real, it's a real shame. Well, I, I like that we exist. I like that we're working, but um, we, we wouldn't have had to do this if organiz other organizations took um, proper responsibility and continued talking about the issues from a secular, nonpartisan perspective. Right. You have a much different idea about justice compared to what we typically hear with social justice or social justice activism. And, and even when you talk about the term social justice, I will say, you know, decades ago, that term had quite a different meaning. When, when you're talking about when you're talking about the civil rights movement, you're talking about the various movements that were around in the 20th, uh, 20th century, the latter 20th century, pushing for um, equality of opportunity for people of various different groups. It was it was not this sort of this, this supremacy attitude, this attitude of hating the country that, that you're living in, hating the values that you're living in, hating the very banner that has enabled equality to prosper in the first place. It, it, it was a love of country, but an inequality that people were talking about. People wanted to have the same, pe people wanted to be treated the same in the eyes of the law and in the eyes of society and be treated as patriotic, loving Americans, just like everyone else. Now, when you look at what sort of social justice and what uh, these far leftist movements have become, it's turned into this country as a haven for hatred. The United States and the West is inherently evil. It's promoting imperialism. It's promoting systematic racism, systematic sexism, cishet, white supremacy, Islamophobia. And it really, um, just like what happened to New Atheism, but I guess on a broader scale, the term social justice and really the term justice in general has has now been perverted 
by a bunch of wacky ideologues. Right. And if you bring up some of these issues, if you try to have a discussion, you quickly get shut out. You get shut out. You get shut down. There, there's no questioning this ideology. And, and this, isn't the, um, this isn't just some conservative talking point. People think, oh, well, this is you know, something that we hear people on the right say. By the way, it's good that they're saying that. But these, there are plenty of people who also considered themselves to be liberals. People who were quite progressive in the 2000s and through much of the 2010s that are now in today's politics in 2020 seen as conservative. You really think that Sam Harris, Yasma Muhammad, Bill Maher, James Lindsay and others would have been really are really they're Democrat. These people are Democrats. They're not Republicans, not like libertarians. And now, because politics has shifted so drastically, because this social justice woke ideology, this far left insanity has really um, infected politics, infected numerous movements and communities. Now you're having Joe Rogan and Sam Harris seen as all right. Now they're all right activists. You're right. When I first got involved with the atheist community, there was this idea of having healthy discussion, healthy debate. Like, let's have the discussion. And if your ideas are no good, then they're no good, right? They should be able to hold up under scrutiny. But what I've seen coming in many online circles is that if you happen to question any of these really left-leaning ideas that you're a racist, you're a misogynist, you're a bigot, you get banned, you get shut out of communities, yep. and you get blacklisted as well. So it's, it's really changed. Which is actually really interesting coming from people, like you have these people speaking from a banner of skepticism, a banner of free thinking. Yet these are the same people that have also said, they, they've tried to make the, the argument, really a propaganda stance, that the organizations still in the atheist movement, there, there are some of these people that say the organizations in the atheist movement are not woke enough yet. They say that, oh, its foundations are built on cishet people and they, they, they claim to be so intellectually superior. And I, I hate that sort of intellectualism. And we need to fight back against that. They, 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 it's, as, it's almost as if they hate the mantras that these organizations were, were actually built upon, just like how they, they really are not big fans of the Constitution. They're really not big fans of, of the United States. I think the United States is a banner for hatred. And, and by the way, there are some people that, that, that don't, that are still working in those orgs, but this is sort of the culture that is being perpetuated on that side. They don't like, I'll give you and your, your listeners a good example. CFI is a great example. CFI has some people in it that, that are woke, but CFI also has some people in it that are not woke. It has quite a, a healthy scientific founding, I would say. I've, I've been a big supporter of CFI ever since I really started to get involved in organized atheism. But for example, a lot of the splits that we started to see in the atheist movement occurred within that organization in particular. Uh, many others too, pretty much every organization, but CFI is a notable example because CFI is this scientific think tank. It's built on skepticism. It's built on free thinking. They really tried to make those terms mainstream. And even though there are plenty of people within that organization that are now woke itself, not trying to bash CFI for, any, for anybody in CFI that you know is still standing for good principles, I'm not trying to attack the organization directly, I'm willing to work with anyone who has common values, but there are some woke people. And you have some of these very far woke activists that are still attacking CFI, saying you're not woke enough. You're not, uh, you're not far left enough. You're not woke enough. How dare you still try to be so intellectual and scientific? We can't have that because that was built on prejudice. It's, it's an ideology that eats itself. It's an ideology that, 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 tarnishes everything. It goes after the foundations of everything. 
even if CFI one day becomes 100% woke, even if uh, American Atheists, the American Humanist Association, Camp Quest, American Ethical Union, whatever, if they all become woke, even then it won't be perfect enough. It won't be perfect enough. It's, it's really something that uh, saddens me. But I'm not. Uh, but simultaneously, I'm not. I'm not that surprised. Yes, it was years ago where one blogger from a particular network was asked a question: "Is a trans woman a woman?" And her response was, "Well, it's complicated. I don't want to answer it with just a yes or no question." And she got routinely bashed just right. for saying, "Okay, a question is a little bit more complicated." Oh than yeah, a yes and, or I, and, no I, bet, and I bet she was so alt righty. I bet she was so bigoted. Yeah, they were calling her the clan meeting down the road. You know. Yeah, they, they were calling her a turf, a trans exclusionary radical feminist, and just, <laughs> trans, uh, kick, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's, it's it's not it's not enough for them. Yeah, there, there's a, there's a certain nuance to life, right? That that it's not so simple to answer a question with a yes or no answer in many cases, mm -hmm. and there, there's often a lot that comes with that. It's like, okay, well, if you consider a trans woman a woman, that's great, but then what? We've seen. In Canada, Bill C-16, that some have argued were threatening freedom of speech, that you had to use particular language. And some people think that that Bill C-16 cannot happen in the United States, that that will never, ever occur in the country. And what I have to say about that is if the culture of social justice and wokeness continues, if the apologism towards Islamic terror and radical Islam continues, the very the, these very things that the new atheists were actually warning everybody about the other fifty percent of content that that the new atheists were warning people about, then you will see bills like that coming up. There there is a bill, I believe this was passed in New York City. This was around eight months ago. It's around a year and a half ago. I forgot the exact time, where you could be fined two hundred and fifty thousand dollars if you say the word illegal immigrant, the words uh, the two the words illegal immigrant. Now, it, one could argue it might be hard to enforce that policy. You know, it's kind of a joke. It can't really, it's not really that practical. But the fact that this, that this is on the books now, today in 2020, that this was proposed, imagine how if woke culture and social justice gets more normalized in 10 years, 20 years, where's our country going to be then? Where's the West going to be then? It's not going to be uh, really a haven for free speech and dialogue. We're seeing certain countries really fall become slaves to the ideology now. The United States is the best country when it comes to standing up for freedom of speech and the ability to speak your mind. But those freedoms are actually under attack. And I'm not saying this as some political talking about this has nothing to do with an election. This has nothing to do with political gain. This is actually really happening. Um, and it's, it's quite as to uh, where this country is going, where organized atheism and secularism is going to. What happened in the atheist movement has happened also in numerous other movements across the country, political movements, fandoms, you name it, award shows. It's, it's infected everything. New atheism though was actually one of the earliest communities that this, this happened in the early 2010s when, when we really started having an internal debate online about feminism and how radical it can get. But we didn't stop the Trojan horse and we, we, let, we, we let them infect the movement. And I will say this. Here's another talking point I really want to bring up. Um, you might have noticed this, Justin. You and I, for, for, for those listening, you and I were involved in the sort of in-person sect of the movement. We went to conferences. We were part of local and state coalitions. We've done activism to push for the separation between church and state. When it comes to a lot of the people on, I guess you could say, our side, that were complaining about this radical ideology. 
most of those people on our team were, were talking about it on YouTube. They were doing this online. When in reality, I think they should have spent a lot of time, one could argue a lot more time, on the ground, in person. It is very true that at, the, at TAM, the amazing meeting, you might have only been able to get a few hundred people while like a Thunderfoot video could get tens of hundreds of thousands of views, right? However, it, it is the people on the ground that have access to 501c3 educational organizations, that have access to attorneys, that have access to organizations that have lobbyists. It is through a lot of the work of those organizations on the ground that, where they have accomplished a lot of good, but because there has not been much of a presence from our side in those in-person organizations, whenever one of us spoke up about what was going on in the movement, we got shut down very quickly because the social justice activists and the radical feminists and the Islamic apologists, they had a monopoly on the in-person activism. It's cool that Sargon and Thunderfoot and uh, Shoe on Head and Armored Skeptic and all these great people, people I like, were able to really bring this up online. That, that is needed, but we really ignored the in-person activism on the ground. We let this ideology take foot. And for the people that are really still inside the community there on the ground, they're alone. They can't even speak up. A lot of them are still closeted today. People I know of who I, I can't say their names, but um, we, we kind of lost that ground. We, we kind of gave it up. Right. They have fear that they would get blacklisted as well. Go back a few years and there were people criticizing others for following certain Twitter accounts or retweeting or liking certain tweets. So there's that guilt by association. Guilt by association. We, we saw this a year ago. I, I'll give a bunch of notable examples. We saw this a year ago when Rationality Rules, Stephen Woodford, was attacked by the atheist community of Austin, by other woke social justice feminist atheist YouTubers, attacked by numerous people and numerous organizations on the ground in, in the movement or what remains of it. And he sort of had to do a quote unquote apology. I don't believe, I, I, I don't believe for a second that, that he, he really fully changed in his position. I like him, by the way, I'm a Rationality Rules fan. I feel bad, I feel bad for him, but he, but the moment people were, were, were liking his stuff, associating with his name, there were in-person activists, people in professional positions of power in these Facebook comment sections. They always hang out in the Facebook comment sections together. It's like, it's like a hornet's nest that they go after the one outlier, the one person that dared to have an opinion that was not in line with social justice. Right. He had a video that was questioning trans individuals in sports, saying that if you transition from male to female, that you have a distinct advantage in athletic competitions. So he was questioning, mm -hmm. should they be allowed? Will they be dominating the competition? Is that fair? And he was just labeled yes. as transphobic and hateful. And, and we started, we've seen this in so many other cases from people that might have been might have been rightly or wrongly accused of sexual assault or sexual harassment. There are certain people that have said, I believe this person or I believe that person because I know this person and I respect uh, I respect their claims and I see no no evidence that shows that he or she did this or did not do this. A lot of people got in the movement got attacked from that. A lot of people got attacked in the movement for simply going to certain events or preparing to go to certain events. We saw this happen in 2017 with Mythicist Milwaukee, the MythCon event. There were, there were uh, Seth Andrews, the thinking atheist, Aaron Raw, and I believe a few others. They were, they, uh, some of them either went or were preparing to go to that event. And through pressure from people like Steve Shives, from other SJW radical uh, feminists and, and, and leftists within the movement, a lot of them rescinded their, their, uh, 
their invitations. Well, a lot of them, a lot of them decided not to go. Uh, we've seen this in numerous cases over the years. Now it's gotten even worse because in 2017, now anyone from our team or our side has totally given in because a year beforehand, around June of 2016, that is what I consider to sort of be the cutoff, the victory for the Rebecca Watsons and the people that infiltrated the community, the PZ Myers, they controlled everything by the time of the second week rally. And then after it was just, um, it's like in Star Wars, Order 66 happened and then it's just a bunch of Jedi that are just in the outskirts of the galaxy. And the moment they pop up, you know, an Empire capital ship. <laughs> I'm right in front of the planet preparing to invade. That's basically what it's become now. Yeah, it's strange. It's not any sort of justice worth wanting, just shutting people out, not having the discussion and bringing your own kind of issues into atheism, into secularism that I've argued really have nothing to do with atheism. And if you're an, and if you're a normal person who does not subscribe to this insane ideology, you could be a conservative, you could be a libertarian, you could be a centrist or moderate or an independent, or you could even be a, a liberal that supports a freedom, freedoms of speech, freedom, freedom of assembly, doesn't support this crazy woke ideology that's really not based on liberalism, but is more based on a you know, uh, you know, targeting other people for simply having different beliefs. They they will leave the movement. They will leave the movement and they will go to other movements that that support their values. It's why when the when new atheism and the atheist movement collapsed, a lot of people that supported were on, quote unquote, our side. They went to the conservative movement or they went to the liberty movement or they went with many of the former new atheist speakers and activists and went to the intellectual dark web. And a lot a lot of other people were simply kicked out and driven out. That I would argue that that's the majority. If you if you spoke out now in the sort of post-2016 atheist community, you were sort of driven out. It's why we see new atheists like Peter Boghossian and James Lindsay hanging out with conservatives. It's why when Atheists for Liberty premiered at CPAC, James Lindsay walked up to us. We didn't even know he was going to be there. And he said hello. And he hung out with us. The Methodist Milwaukee team was there. You know, they sort of did, they sort of shot themselves in the foot and did this to themselves. If you're trying to normalize atheism in the United States and around the world, you would want people with other perspectives to be involved. You would want people who are libertarian or independent or liberal, but not far leftists or, or conservatives to be involved in the community. But, but if you only make the atheist movement about one ideology, one, uh, you know, a litmus test where if you don't believe with this insane ideology, you can't be part of it, then how are you going to normalize atheism? Because so many normal people, Americans, and even atheists of fellow strives, they're going to see what that movement has become, and they're going to want to distance themselves from atheists. They're going to when when they see when when people will you know see when um, when people say that they're an atheist, what are people going to think? They're going to think of Big Red. They're going to think of Rebecca Watson. They're going to think of E. Z. Myers. They're going to think of Steve Shines. They're not going to think of your average everyday American who doesn't believe in God but is still a good person. Right. And this has been a case for some time as people would see atheists as far left. Oh, atheists are communists. Atheists are this. Atheists. We we tried so hard in the 2000s and in the 2010s to 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 fight back against the narrative that uh, we're just a bunch of communists. I, 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 I had discussions with 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 family friends where I've had to tell them, no, 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 we're not just a bunch of communists. Most atheists are not communists. Most atheists are not radical feminists or social justice activists. Most atheists are normal people, just like you, who simply don't believe in God and live their lives doing what is best for themselves and their families. That's what most atheists are. 
but because of what's happened to the movement, it's really hard now to to kind of make that claim. I'm trying to make that claim in the conservative movement. I'm trying to make a claim in the liberty movement where I'm trying to say, look, I know when you think of the atheist movement, you think of Steve Shives. I know when you look at the atheist movement, you think of Rebecca Watson, but that's not all atheists. And that's not all secular activists. I'm a proud supporter of the separation of church and state. I'm not a fan of a religious right trying to trying to push theocratic policy into our government. I'm not a fan, though, as well, of our freedoms of speech being suppressed, of us not being able to criticize Islam, of us not being able to criticize radical gender ideas. To some of the people in the movement and some of the people in positions of power, I'm not going to name names. I do want to. I do want to work with people here. The litmus test is if you don't support radical gender ideology, if you are not silent on Islam, but only criticize Christians, then you can't be part of the movement. You can't be part of the movement. It's gone so far as to where professional organizations and people involved in the movement have called out, Richard, have attacked Richard Dawkins, have attacked Sam Harris. We used to have a, a culture, even when the, when the radicals were taking over the movement of, of professionalism, where you know you would secretly not like it. But for the sake of keeping the movement alive, you would not call out these people. Yeah, it's not, it's not like also uh, staying silent if these people did something really bad. Like, like most of these people simply just had different opinions. And out of respect, many of the professionals in the movement, rightly so, did not throw bombs. I'm not a fan of throwing bombs either, especially to people that are my allies. But when you are shooting yourself in the foot, and when you are literally killing the very movement that could have changed the world, the world's perspective on religion for the rest of humanity's sake, um, yeah, I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be pissed off. Yeah, just taking a realistic perspective that we're going to have some disagreement and trying to be charitable to mm -hmm. what the other person is saying rather than of this uh, over-the-top misrepresentation. And back when the movement was around, we, you know, when, when the movement started, rather, when, when the new atheist movement started, rather, when, when new atheism really kicked up, you had Marxists, you had people that called themselves Marxists and leftists working with people who were conservative and libertarian. You actually had a, a unified atheist movement back in the 2000s and even into a good portion of the 2010s where people said, I'm not going to agree with you on this political topic, not relating to atheism or secularism. We can have that discussion some other time or we can have a private debate. Hell, you might not like me personally, but... I have to do this job. You have to do this job. Let's work together on what we agree on. That was the culture of the movement for such a long time. And I respected that. I, re I even respected many of the feminists, many of the radical activists who, who kept the politics aside and, and said, you know what, I'm going to uh, if I go to a uh, socialist meeting and if I go to an ultra progressive meeting, that's where I talk about my my views and why I disagree with my friends on that. But when I'm at an atheist event or when I'm lobbying for secular policy or when I'm making atheist YouTube videos or when I'm organizing a local meetup or a state lobby day or whatever, I'm going to be the professional adult in the room and I'm going to do the work that needs to be done. That's what things used to be like, Justin. And these people now shot themselves in the foot because instead of normalizing atheism in the United States, instead of normalizing atheism around the world, instead of saving people's lives internationally, instead of trying to you know, engage the other 50% of, of people in the United States and America to, to support secularism or to support the idea that you could support separation of church and state and still hold to your political ideology, they didn't care. They didn't care at all. I am repeating myself. And it's for a very important reason. One, because I talk a lot. 
And so I just go on and on and on. That's a problem with me. But (laughs) these people killed an entire movement that so many people were going to dedicate their lives to that was going to change the world, that was going to, to really be totally new and unprecedented. You had, uh, you had people in the quote-unquote religious right really sweat and really get worried when the movement was united. There was kind of nothing stopping us at that time. And now, because of the social justice stuff, our movement looks like a joke. It looks like an utter joke. Even where you have some people, people who I really like, who are atheists, who have you know, rightly gone over to other movements, so for example, the conservative movement, who have felt like, oh, well, I'm going to pretend to be a Christian now, or I'm going to pretend to fetishize Christianity because I, I, because I feel like I have to do that here. And I guess, you know what? I guess Christianity must somehow be better than, than uh, social justice ideology. That's sort of what that's also come down to. So it's really it, it, so. So if you're if you're a, a atheist activist and you're really concerned about Christianity spreading, shouldn't you be concerned about that? Shouldn't you be concerned about keeping the atheists that that are not big fans of social justice and this ideology that has nothing to do with the movement or should have nothing to do with the movement in your camp? Shouldn't you not want them to leave and go to other movements where their energy can be used, you know, for for, for a different cause? Years ago, I remember people talking about a big tent atheism, that we're going to have many people who disagree on issues, but we're united on the issues that matter, the issues that we're here for. Expecting total agreement about everything is not not reasonable. And if there are those minor disagreements, is that really the end of the world? Within Stoicism, for example, there are people from all kinds of cultural traditions, religious traditions. And Mm -hmm. for the most part, I see, okay, there's going to be disagreement, but hey, we could talk about the things that we do agree on. And then for some differences, we can have discussions about that rather than, you know, people going around, it's like, oh, you're, you're faker, or you're terrible, or you're, you're a racist, whatever. (laughs) I I haven't seen that uh, in the stoic community. Hopefully that continues to be the case. There's some disagreement. I don't like the argument that some people make, and I feel I feel like it's a cop out that some people have made as to why the movement is failing or why people aren't is united anymore in the atheist community. Some people say, "Oh, just philosophically speaking, getting atheists together is like herding cats." Or we had our uh, big events in the past, and now they kind of died down. That, that's not true. I don't. I, I I hate those sort of philosophical arguments about oh, about atheists. Atheism is just about is just about not believing in God. Yeah, we know that. We already know that. It really was the politics. It really was the decisions that individuals have made to not allow people of other viewpoints in there. It, re- it, wasn't, it wasn't just this whole thing about what atheism simply is. People really don't get that. And it's, it's a message that I'm really trying to, to, to bring to people, that, that it really was the decisions of a few ideologues that just took over an entire community and collapsed the community, the big tent of the atheist movement. And, and this is why with Atheists for Liberty, we're trying to not get infused with that. We want, we do want a big tent. If, and I've said this many times before, if American Atheists, if the Freedom From Religion Foundation, if CFI, if Camp Quest, if Recovering From Religion, if Foundation Beyond Belief, if any of these organizations, SSA, whatever, if any of these organizations email me and say, hey, Thomas, we disagree on this issue, this issue, and this issue, but we have a initiative or we have an event or something where we agree on this. Would you like to help us with that? I will put down anything I'm holding, anything else that I'm thinking and say, yes, absolutely. 
it was not our side that made the decision to cut ourselves off from from you know the other side. It was it was the radical feminist social justice side that did this to us. Sure, we had some people on YouTube that were complaining about radical feminist ideology, but overall, we were not the ones that made the administrative decisions to not work with other people. It was it was that side that that, that made those choices, and they shot themselves in the foot because now, if you get rid of anybody that is not a far left progressive social justice activist, what are normal people going to think? Just like I said earlier here when talking to you. Oh, that it's just a bunch of communists. It's just a bunch of radical feminists, pink haired, blue haired, red haired, brightly colored hair activists who don't want to hear a difference of opinion, who only want to bash one religion or critique one religion and defend for, defend separation from conceding in one religion or one piece of religious influence. And we're not going to grow the movement. It's almost as if a bunch of conquerors kidnapped a castle and kidnapped a kingdom and have simply used the mantle of a kingdom to promote their own message, not related to it. <laughs> um, it's, yeah. it's, like, it's like if activists from, uh, it, it's like if you're an activist in one of these organizations in our movement and you've taken over that organization and you're simply talking about how great Planned Parenthood or Black Lives Matter is. Okay, great. Black, you know, you might have a favorable opinion about Black Lives Matter or Planned Parenthood, but your organization is not Black Lives Matter and it's not Planned Parenthood. You have donors and you have members that are paying dues that want to see the original mission of these organizations succeed. Money is being pulled out and you're telling me that you care more about trying to, to, to get the respect of people from all these other progressive movements and communities when you're, you're not even fulfilling the goals of keeping your movement unified and keeping your donors and members pleased. I've heard many people in private bar conversations and private conversations, people talking to me, so many different conversations from people of so many different backgrounds in the movement saying, these people are pulling out, these people are pulling out, we're losing members, we're losing support. We have to change our initiative because so many people that really joined our organization when new atheism was big, they're leaving. They're going other places. Do you know what's a great way to not have those people go to other places, Justin? I don't know. To work on the very ideas and to fight for the very principles that made your organization popular in the first place? That's a thought. But why should we expect an atheist organization to become a progressive organization, an organization that, that it was not meant to be, simply to look nice and clean, nice and woke and radical? There was this one video that came out recently. I forget who this 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 YouTuber is. I think she's like the wine, the wine drinking atheist. I forgot the name of her channel. Um, Nate Brody shared uh, this video a few days ago. This person was complaining that, that the movement has a male intellectual problem. Apparently, secretly, we're all mocking women for apparently not being as smart as the scientific men in the room, which I... I have not, I've been to so many different events. I've been to so many different conferences. I've had so many private conversations with people. Not once have I seen that happening. And I'm going to say this about myself too. I am not a hard science person. I engage in politics. I know politics. I know the culture war. I know the church state separation activism side. I do not know much about biology. I do not know much about chemistry. This is not a field that I know of. As you can tell, as, as people can tell by listening to this, you know, I am not, I do not sound like an intellectual. I am an activist and I am a proud activist. I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses. And I would stand up to any quote unquote intellectual who says, oh, because you're a woman, 
you are unable to know, to, to really know what we're talking about. Stand up to any, anyone who tries to say that to someone. It's like these people are, are, are making up just random crap in order to gain more of a foothold in the movement and take it over even more. They've already taken over the community. What, what do they want to do now? We take it over. Do they want to have a reenactment of 2011? Maybe, maybe, you know, get, get out the elevator, uh, elevator gate videos and blogs. Maybe we'll, we'll get an actress to star as Rebecca Watson. We'll, we'll get like a, a, a mall Santa to star as PZ Myers. And I can assure you that if there was any actual instance of actual bigotry, of someone actually saying, you're a woman, you're gay, you're black, you're of a different skin color, you're of a different nationality, therefore you can't be a part of this movement, you can't be a part of this community, you think that I would be the first one to stand up and say that is absolutely horrible. What they do though, is they use the intersectional argument of, well, you because there are people of a certain skin color and a certain gender and a certain sex and a certain and and the majority of people with a certain sexual orientation here. Therefore, there must be bigotry. There must be some hidden bigotry, hidden racism, hidden phobias around. And we have to we have to get our detectives outfits on, our gender inclusive detective outfits on. And we have to uh, we have to search for the hate. We have to search for the hatred. The hatred, by the way, that doesn't exist. The atheist movement is one of the most forward-thinking communities out there. You could probably find like five people out of several thousand in, in the organized, in-person atheist community that have probably done some bad stuff or have said some bad stuff. But no, this is not some systemic problem where you're going to find hatred. This wasn't true. They use that mantra to gain power in, in the community. Right. Your group is planning on doing something different, having the people who have been blacklisted, having the people who are willing to speak up and speak their mind and actually have these conversations rather than just... Yes. We want want to continue what the new atheists started. Not only are we against the emergence of a new religious right, not only are we against uh, some of the things that the moral majority has done, you know, there, there are great things being done still by many organizations and organized atheism that are, that are still bringing that fight up. We want to talk as well about the other 50% of concerns that the new atheists brought up, saving our civilization from radical Islamic terror, having the freedom of speech and the freedom of dialogue without ideologues cramming it up with things that don't exist. This, this is stuff that the new atheists were discussing in the 2000s and in the 2010s. For you know all these reasons that I mentioned earlier, various different organizations are not willing to talk about these issues. Instead, they only want to tackle Christianity. They only want to fight what is left of the religious right. They don't want to talk about how the Constitution of the United States is the best, one of the best documents that has ever been made in the history of our in the history of the world. Um, they don't want to talk about how the United States is one of the freest and best places to live. They don't want to talk about how Islam, just like many of the other world religions, have a lot of nasty things in its holy books. They don't want to talk about that. Instead, they want to push one political narrative and use the carrier of atheism as an excuse to do so. And we at Atheists for Liberty are not going to stand for that. We are going to continue what the new atheists started. We're going to reach out to communities that the atheist movement has decided not to, to reach out to. Because we actually we actually want to normalize atheism. We actually want a secular America. Right. If you wanted a movement to succeed, wouldn't you also want people from the right? Wouldn't you also want libertarians? Wouldn't you also want centrists? Wouldn't you want some undecided people rather than just a specific contingent of the political left? Yep. 
That is the logical thing to do. And many of these organizers know that. Are they going to take action? Are they going to reach out to these people? No, they're not. They're not going to do that because it's in conflict with their personal politics that have nothing to do with what the movement was based on. Uh, what imperialism, Thomas? Or what racism, Thomas? Is that is that what things it was based on? No, it wasn't based on that. And you know it wasn't based on that. Nice job trying to get a, another blog post about the group. Right. You, you noted that the group was about enlightenment values. And from that, some people were uncharitable. So, yeah, enlightenment value, automatically racism, imperialism. Oh, the freedom to speak and the freedom, to, the talking points to how the individual is important, how we should trust the common person and not just give all power to divine kings. Oh, yes, that's really a systematically racist problem. And how dare we support the enlightenment that was started by cis white men? Oh, so that's that's a war crime already. Put put me on trial. For years, many of us had, had to stay silent. We've had to take a look at these people's face these people's Facebook posts and these people these people's actions on boards of organizations. And we've had to smile. We've had to smile about it. We've had to pretend that all that was great. They were literally shooting this movement in the foot. Right. And what are what are some plans post pandemic that the group wants to be involved in on the ground? First off, we're trying to go to many different events and conferences and try to bring the word out. I've noticed just by being at CPAC alone, the conservative political action conference, that there were atheists everywhere. Tons and tons of atheists of various different age groups. It's not just the millennials. It's not just the Gen Z. You had boomers. You had boomers. Okay, boomer. We've had boomers coming <laughs> up to our table and taking buttons, signing up for our email list, becoming members. And that's the conservatives. Conservative, we're talking about conservatives in America. The atheist population of conservatives in 2010 was 10%. That doubled to 20%. And that's conservatives. Imagine libertarians. That's probably, probably even larger among libertarians. Look at and look at liberals, liberals being the majority of the United of uh, of the atheist population in the United States. Liberals that are not radical uh, feminists, liberals that are not social justice warriors, liberals like James Lindsay, those types of liberals. We are the majority of atheists in the country. These radical activists that took over the atheist movement. They are a small minority, a small minority that we allowed to kill the movement in the form of a Trojan horse. I am speaking very casually, but simultaneously very passionately. Well, casually in terms of you know not being excluded, but passionately in other ways, because we need to get to work. And Atheist for Liberty is doing a lot in terms of getting content ready to really bring our message of combining liberty with reason to normalize atheism in the country, to reach out to different portions of the United States that the rest of the movement has not uh, reached out to. We have a lot of things to do, and that requires your assistance. We, if you go to atheistforliberty.org, you can become a member today for $10, for annually for $10, $10 a year. That's all we're asking. We're cheaper, it's cheaper than most atheist organizations out there. <laughs> and we're, five, we're a 501c3 educational um, nonprofit organization. So if you donate, you become a member, you donate money to us, or you upgrade your membership, it is tax deductible. So please go to atheistforliberty.org now, sign up and become a member today, follow us on social media, get updates as to what we're going to do, sign up for our email list as well. It's very important, guys. It's very important. This is simply the beginning. And I know, I know, I, I've done a lot of rambling here, folks, but it's because this is simply the beginning. Justin and I, Justin and I see the same thing. Justin, uh, just speaking for you, Justin, 
you know, you've probably been wanting to see an organization like this pop up for the last six years or two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there hasn't been something like this, this happening. So I'm speaking very casually. But, but it's because I know that with all of, all of you see the same concerns that I see. And together with your support, with your help, with your feedback, we can normalize atheism the right way. We won't let insane ideologies pervert our mission. I can assure you of that. And I'm willing to, I'm willing to be reached out to. I'm willing to communicate with anybody who wants to have a conversation with me. And I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. So please help us out today. Um, go to atheistforliberty.org. All the information is on there. And thank you all so much. Great. And we're recording in May of 2020. We're looking at some events that might be coming up. Where can people find you at upcoming events? We're likely going to be at Freedom Fest. Freedom Fest is sort of the libertarian CPAC, as I like to call it. It's a huge, massive event that happens in Las Vegas. That'll be in July. You can search up that information if you if you look up Freedom Fest on Google. We're also going to be at a conference called Mobilize 2020. That's Young Americans, Young Americans for Liberty. They have an annual conference. That's going to be in Austin, Texas. Uh, that's going to be in early August. And then later on in August, the new MythCon event, Mythicist Milwaukee event, they put on great events every year, great one-day events. This year, their conference is called Hashtag Better Discourse. That's going to be in Milwaukee, I believe, on August 23rd in Milwaukee. And it's, it's going to be really fantastic. They were originally going to have it right outside the DNC when it was going on. They, there were some, some mishaps with the dates due to, due to COVID. Um, but you will find us there. And we're going to be at plenty of other events in the future. We're going to be doing YouTube. We're going to be having a podcast. We're going to be doing streams. We really want to reach out to all of you and really bring our message to the forefront uh, you know, of, of the liberty movement and of what you guys are going through. So please, again, go to atheistforliberty.org. Information is on there. Please support us today. Great. And if, okay. if these events don't happen, surely there'll be many in 2021. Plenty <laughs> of them. I, I, am, I am too energetic, as everyone could tell here, and too motivated to stop. All so right. we, we're going to be around. That I can guarantee. All right. Very good. All right. Thanks for your time today. Thank you, Justin. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for more content. Visit my website at stoicsolutionspodcast.com for past episodes and social media links. Support my efforts through Patreon to receive special perks, including having upcoming guests answer your questions, custom-made podcast episodes, and private one-on-one -on -one calls to discuss whatever you'd like. Visit my other podcast at hurdygurdytravel.com to learn how to make money, save money, and travel the world at next to no cost with credit card rewards, deals, and loyalty programs. Podcast music. Use with permission is brought to you by Phil Giordana's symphonic metal group, Fairyland, from their album, Score to a New Beginning. John Bartman offered free consultation and audio edits for episodes 51 through 63. Thanks to generous patrons and fans of this podcast who help support my work. Have a great day.